Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Ladies and gentlemen, I need everybody in the crowd to get up and stand up for your members' title. Go on the way, baby. Championship. Whatever the is. Yeah. Yeah. It's a new day. It's a new time. Welcome, friends and family, to another episode of the Backdoor Cut Show, brought to you by the Barnburner Podcast Network and the-barnburner.com. Today, we got a Memphis Tigers basketball uh, episode, and we'll hit some football at the end, but we're going to cover the Ole Miss victory. That was a nerve-wracking extended game with a lot of fouls, and the upcoming matchup on Turkey Day against NC State and uh, the Barclays. So pretty big pretty big matchup there. They're no slouches. Uh, we'll get into them. Uh, I'm Zach. You can find me on Twitter, at BarnBurnerBro. And with me, I have my co-host, Mason. How are you, sir? Go to hell, Ole Miss. Kick their <laughs> ass in basketball. Kick their ass in football. Uh, that's a good year for the Memphis Tigers. And what better way for uh, – the Tigers to get tested in front of their home crowd for the first time, uh, then the, you know, cross state rival Ole Miss, just the really, the crowd was so electric, uh, on TV, as most of you know, if you weren't there, uh, the game was played with no broadcasters. (laughs) (laughs) So shout out to CW 30, like, and no one really complained. Like everyone seems to have loved it. Uh, so you just heard like the PA announcer, Jeff Mack, announcing the normal, you know, uh, low max for three or whatever. And you, Good got four, hear, three. <laughs> you got to hear the ball go through the hoop. And uh, the Tigers really we kind of fell behind early, but with about six minutes to go, we just took control of the game and never looked back until, until the final stretch of uh, free throws when Boogie and I believe it was Precious, maybe DJ missed some free throws down the stretch, but Alex Lomax was four for four in the last minute 16 to uh, make sure the Tigers walked away with that victory. So what were your thoughts on the game? Just overarching thoughts. So overarching, I think that this was uh, end in Precious's best game of the season. Cool. He's making, he made some of us look really goofy. Yeah. I, I, he, he played a solid game. He came, he shot free throws terribly. So that seems to be 
Definitely uh, his Achilles heel. We can't leave it that he shot free throws terribly. No, he, I, had, he had quite possibly the two worst free throw attempts oh, in the history oh, of basketball. <laughs> he, I mean, he airballed two in a row, and they weren't even close. They made it like halfway down the lane. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> I, I, I admit, so I was, I was in the kitchen, and I had my uh, my back turned to the TV, and my wife she laughed, and I was like, "What happened?" She was like. Oh, he just like barely hit the bottom of the net, and I was like, "Oh, okay, that's not good." I was like, "Oh, that's precious. That kind of makes sense." I turned around and watched it again. I was like, "Is this a replay or did this like legit happen two times in a row?" Yeah, and that's kind of one of the times I wish that there had been announcers in the game because they would have said something like so awkward and shitty right at that point. Like it would have been worth it. But yeah, shout out to Precious for bouncing back, man. Sorry for interrupting you, but I just I could I couldn't let oh, him yeah. slide with terrible shooting. That's true, but terrible shooting from the line from the field, ten of sixteen. So great, great game down there. Twenty five points, eleven rebounds, three steals, two blocks. I mean, just a solid performance. He he just showed up with you know he's got to step up. He's going to have to do that down low because he started alongside. Isaiah Maurice, and he only played 11 minutes and was pretty much, he didn't do anything. Right. I mean, so that, what, what are we expecting? Yeah, and then we're just not that deep down there. Lance Thomas, he played a few minutes. He got, uh, he did get five rebounds and three blocks, uh, but he also got four fouls, didn't score. So Precious is really going to have, you know, a lot of the onus is going to be on him down low. Uh, getting those rebounds, putting them back. We're just – that is not where we're – we're per, stretched pretty thin at this point until Wiseman gets back. Yeah, and uh, on Precious, that game was kind of where you see the lottery talent because it wasn't mm-hmm. like he was forcing a lot of shots or kind of out of control like we had previously seen uh, kind of up to that game really, but he really played under control – And I think some of that was Penny Hardaway said he had to talk with him about doing all the little things that he's going to have to do to get to the next level and be successful. And what that is, is basically the Montrez Harrell type role, Um, you know, just a tenacious offensive rebounder, a garbage man who can also be skilled enough to get a bucket on his own every now and then. Um, But that's just kind of what Precious's role is going to be moving forward. And that's what Penny and his staff pride themselves on is, uh, or they say they pr- are priding themselves on is getting players to the next level. We can't, we haven't really seen it uh, to fruition yet. Although Jeremiah Martin looks like he's going to be on his way. But I say all that to say Precious wasn't like overimposing his will in this game, and he was still the best player on the court. Um, so that that's kind of what you what speaks to lottery level talent. Uh, and then we we got to mention DJ Jeffries. What a mm-hmm. monster game for the other freshman who. Kind of has been forgotten about uh, until Wiseman went down. Uh, we also didn't mention Lester Quinones left this game early with a broken wrist. Uh, he's out four to six weeks. So in the absence of those two uh, freshmen, DJ Jeffries has kind of stepped up, as he's done all year. And he he was the one who I felt like was making all the plays. Like if you would have asked me who had more points at the end of the game, I would have said DJ and not Precious. Um because <laughs> the announcers definitely weren't keeping us updated <laughs> during the game with the <laughs> oh, point totals. And there, there was it was also funny is there were no graphics that came on the screen except at the very end 
like in the last two minutes or so, there was a graphic that said Memphis four of last four, and then a couple minutes later it was Ole Miss three of last three or something like that. I was like, how did that get chosen to be the only stats that get flashed up there? Right, right, yeah. So <laughs> that was funny. How, what, what was a DJ's full stat line? Do you have that? Yeah, DJ had 23 points, four rebounds, two blocks on 10 of 16 shooting. That's pretty so damn good. The the Tigers bench actually outscored the starters 52 to 37. Or no, sorry. My math math's hard. 50 87 minus 52 is what? 35. <laughs> 25, yeah, 35. 35. With 25 of those being preciouses. Preciouses. <laughs> that ain't easy to say. No. So guys like Ball Ellis Maurice, and then we mentioned Quinones going out with the injury. Really not super impactful on the offensive end of the floor. But we did have excellent games also by two other bench guys, Alex Lomax and Tyler Harris. I think that was those were that was probably their best game of the season, I would say. Oh, no doubt. I mean, Tyler finally saw some shots fall. I think he hit three three three-pointers and had like 15 points and Alo had 14 points, which he's not really known for his scoring. Uh, had some big buckets late, like a driving and one layup. And as we mentioned, he hit those free throws to kind of ice the game. Uh, but he also had seven rebounds and seven assists. Yeah. Like, game was awesome in that game. And he got a huge rebound, like amongst the trees. And you were talking about how thin we are in the uh, – with the bigs and our guards ha- are going to have to gain rebound. And Alo is more than willing to do that. And he really showed why he was a three time Mr. Basketball winner. If Memphis is going to go far in the conference tournament and in the NCAA tournament, a lot's going to fall on him to be the guy, the calm, cool, collective presence. He's only got one more year of experience than most of the guys on the team. But I mean, that that's one year and he's, been that in that leadership type role he's gonna have to step up and just kind of bring everyone back in when things are going crazy and I think we saw our first glimpse of that the other day so that was really encouraging yeah I mean that kid is built for it like you can just tell the way he carries himself he is built for for that role leading a basketball team uh, for four years almost Antonio Anderson style Um, whoever your favorite college four-year point guard is name him but Alo is that dog he's going to keep the team cool calm and collected and just with the influx of talent around him, that's what we were saying last year is how much better he was going to be. And you're starting to see that pay off because he can pass, he can defend. Uh, yeah, just him and Tyler were huge. Uh, and Penny referred to them and DJ as the Memphis crew coming off the bench. So we'll see if DJ slides into the starting lineup uh, with no Lester, no Wiseman. Seems like he would be a logical uh, replacement, but I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, so speaking of that, what do you think is going to happen there? I believe Penny mentioned this week he was going to keep Maurice there. Eh, I don't Well, I mean, who else are you going to start down low? Like Lance Thomas is arguably, and for me, he's been the biggest disappointment of the year so far. And maybe he's just, I think he's not kind of found his role and hasn't been able to get comfortable. He just kind of doesn't seem like he's fitting in well. Um, but he, he seemed to be a leader of the team in the preseason. Uh, and all the things we saw in scrimmages and stuff, he looked like he was going to be an impact player, knocking down threes and grabbing rebounds, and we really haven't seen that yet. So, And Penny has already said that he doesn't want to start Precious 
at the five uh, to prepare him for when Wiseman gets back. He doesn't want to kind of switch things up too much. So I think you got to start Maurice. You're going to have Precious. You're going to have Ball. Uh, and you're going to have Boogie. And then I'd, I'd probably go DJ. You'd bring in, okay, you're thinking bring in DJ instead of Alo. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't really think, I don't have strong feelings either way, but yeah. if it was my choice, I would bring uh, DJ in. And I, I just like having that point guard off the bench. That's true. Uh, I kind of like, on the flip side, having that big-time scorer off the bench in DJ so that our offense doesn't go stagnant um, whenever he's out of the game. Because even though he's coming off the bench, he led he led the team in minutes in the old Miss game, uh, and I just think having that three guard lineup could be pretty pretty interesting. Maybe Alo would be able to get Boogie and Ball going because they have they just haven't so far. Tiger shooting from three just been horrendous. They only made three the other day of eleven, and now it's like they're not even taking them. They were taking a lot at the early earlier in the year, and now they're just not even shooting them at all. They got the yips. Um, but I, I just think that keeping DJ, if he's cool with that and you can like maintain the the ego and keep him confident and everything, which I'm sure is a tough thing to do in this situation, um, that that's an angle I would look at. And I guess it really just depends on uh, Penny could go matchup based. Uh, we'll get into NC State and what they have, but those three guards could set the tone against NC State because they're kind of bigger and it could allow us to get out to playing that fast pace, pressing uh, with Alo and Ball. And Boogie actually is our leader in steals on the team. I think mm. he's like number 27 in the nation. He's averaging almost three a game. Um, wow. So you put those three out there and, I mean, that, that's wreaking havoc, but it's just it depends on if the coaching staff thinks they'll be able to hold up with the size that NC State is going to present. Yep, no doubt. We'll get to see all of that very soon. Uh, just a reminder, go subscribe to uh, the Barnburner Podcast Network. You'll get Backdoor Cut Show. We cover Grizzlies, Tigers. Also have Theater and College Hoops by some of our friends. Uh, awesome college basketball podcast. And then In the Can for some movies and other flicks. That's Go subscribe to the Barnburner Podcast Network. Thank you in advance. All right, so moving on to uh, to NC State. So did some digging on them. They have a pretty high-powered offense, similar to Memphis. They play a fast pace. They average 84.5 points a game. We average 86.7. They are a more experienced team. Uh, They're shooting 33% from three, 54% from two. Uh, they're definitely not going to be any slouches. They did lose their opening game to uh, Georgia State. CJP beat them, which is kind oh, of a Georgia bummer. Tech. Georgia Tech. Ah, Georgia Tech. Sorry, not Georgia State. <laughs> you tried to Tennessee them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. We can't disrespect them that bad. <laughs> yeah, I zoned out there for a second. My bad. Thank, thanks for keeping me on my toes. I appreciate it. Well, I was good. you could have rolled with it until you said CJP. <laughs> yeah, that's true. No one, was gonna, <laughs> no one was going to fact check me on the early season opener for NC State, probably. <laughs> no, maybe the, maybe the Thiek guys. That'd be Ooh, about it. That's true. They would definitely call me on that one. <laughs> uh, so the, the leader on this team is the senior guard, Markel Johnson. He's their main distributor. He's 
dishing out almost seven assists per game. His assist rate is top 50 in the country. He's scoring 10 points a game right now. Uh, he's not shooting very efficiently. He's shooting 34%, which is 10% lower than his career mark. And I did a Q&A, which I'll have up on the site, uh, the-barnburner.com, in the morning uh, with a preview of this game. And I reached out to one of the NC State bloggers and asked him some questions, and he said that uh, the offense pretty much runs through Markel, and he's he's cold so far this year, but they definitely expect him to break out of it. Uh, similar to last week when uh, Memphis played Ole Miss, and Bree and Tyree got hot from three. Uh, you called that, man. <laughs> and I, I, Yeah, I feel good about that. Thanks. Because he, he led them in scoring. He had 24. If it wasn't for that pesky Precious, he would have been the leading scorer in the game. So. Yeah, and we just can't afford for another guy to have his hot game against us. So uh, that's someone to keep an eye on. Uh, right now, their most efficient scorer is a guy named C.J. Bryce, 6'5", senior. So a couple seniors leading the way. He's averaging uh, 17.7 points, 7.7 rebounds. Okay. So he's just kind of filling up the stat sheet everywhere. Uh, they got a guard. Devon Daniels averaging almost two steals a game. Uh, about 25% of the time he's taking a shot. And he's putting in 14 points, almost four rebounds also. Uh, they got a good offensive rebounder. Uh, he's not getting a whole lot of minutes right now, but his percentage is pretty good of offensive rebounding named Jericho Helms. Uh, he's averaging nine, over nine points and over four rebounds per game. And they do have a 6'11 guy named Manny Bates. He's a redshirt freshman. Turn all these guys. And last year, I, I believe they made the NIT and won a couple games. Um, I think they were Final Four of the NIT. Okay, which we we won one game and got got bounced in the second round of the NIT last mm-hmm. year. Uh, so yeah, I guess they came into the season with some pretty good expectations. Returning these guys, getting yeah. old Manny Bates back. <laughs> old Manny Bates. <laughs> Our old pal. Uh, they also have a newcomer, uh, Pat Andre. He's a six ten. Oh no, sorry, he's not six ten. Let me in fact I'm gonna check myself real quick. <laughs> uh, he's six eight, but he's he plays like a stretch, uh, stretch four type play. Okay. He's averaging almost forty two percent from three. He's a grad transfer from Lehigh, and so far. Uh, Steven Mumov, back in the pack, said that he's the top newcomer for NC State so far. So they only had two guys come in this year, but he's been the most impactful new guy. Yeah, okay. And they also have a 6'10 guy coming off the bench who averages over 11 points, five rebounds, and DJ Funderburk, which could be on the all-name team for, for people sure. who played this year. I... I I haven't seen what this guy looks like, but I I probably need to pull up a picture because uh that's a heck of a name. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, so man, they got some size. They got yeah. some. They got some big guys. Um, and as you mentioned, we're a little bit smaller, so it's going to be an interesting matchup. But they like to play fast if they're averaging you know just as many points per game as we are. Mm-hmm. So and they they also press. Uh, so that could be an interesting Oregon. I think Oregon pressed us something. Yeah. Uh, but and being down a guard is not 
not super helpful. I remember in the Oregon press, we were throwing, we were trying to break it with like moon passes. Cause uh, especially with our shorter guards and I, I mean, that's just real dangerous. I don't think that that's a very sustainable way to break a press according to everything that I've been taught. Yeah. Especially not against an experienced team, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, if we get rolling and I don't think they'll want to run with us. I don't think any, any team in the country will want to run with us. If we get rolling, uh, just with the amount of guards that we have who can handle the ball. Now, granted, we're going to be uh, probably relying on Jaden Hardaway and Ryan Boyce in this game. Penny doesn't seem to be uh, even thinking about cutting down the rotation at this point, based on the comments he uh, gave to the media the other day, Uh, said people are going to have to step up. And he specifically mentioned uh, Boogie. Boogie's going to have to step up. Damian, neither one of them have really brought a whole lot. Uh, they haven't been bad, but they just haven't. I mean, Boogie, I feel like in the second half, he was on the bench like the whole game yeah. against Ole Miss or the whole half. Um, so he he's expecting those two guys to pick it up as well as Boyce and uh, Jaden. So that's going to be interesting to see if they can handle that press. Because uh, I feel like against Oregon, Jaden had, had a turnover to was a little iffy uh, in that press that you were talking about. So going to need those guys to step up. But I, with Alex Lomax and Tyler Harris and Boogie out there, not to mention DJ and Precious, like I, I just feel like we have the legs and the horses to to run with anyone in the nation. Yeah, DJ for his size just runs incredibly well. I mean, he had several fast break dunks the other day. He just knows how to get out there and be the outlet and then knows how to finish. Because he's going to be finishing on the, the guards of the other team and it's just not even close. Yeah. Oh, he had that nasty dunk to seal the game and then looked into the crowd with his arms stretched out. Like that that's a, was an iconic moment, I, I felt like. Uh, and then, of course, <laughs> Ole Miss hits the half-court three. Dude, <laughs> that's the, probably why we uh, our Ken Palm didn't improve because they hit that shot and the, hurt the spread. Yeah, and we were all over uh, Scott Van Pelt's bad beats. Because, uh, I mean, for, we were up by seven with a minute 16 to go, and the line was Tigers minus four. Uh, and then Tyree hit a three. Like Ty, I think it was Tyree one time came down and just dunked it, like drove straight down the middle of the court and dunked it. And then we took it back and got fouled, missed some shots, and then DJ had that dunk to seal it. Um, but yeah, that was, <laughs> if you bet on the Tigers, I'm sorry that had to happen to you that way. That is about as bad as it comes <laughs> when it comes to heartbreaking bets. I do hope that this game has less fouls in it. I mean, it's college would... basketball, dude. College basketball is so hard to watch. Like they call yeah, fouls is. on everything. There were 56 fouls in Memphis Ole Miss game, which it, it took – so games should take two hours. That one took over two and a half hours. That's, I mean, that just is kind of, that's kind of painful. And I felt like all those fouls kept Ole Miss in the game because it seemed like time and time again we were kind of ready to make a run, but there's no momentum to the Kills game. The momentum, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's that's my gripe on college basketball at the moment. And, and they're calling like you. You touch someone too much hard coming off a screen, you graze their hip, and you're calling a foul. Yeah. It's not like you hack someone at the rim or impact the actual game. That, yes, I don't. We don't need to gripe about that. <laughs> you're right. Uh, and then another storyline for traveling to because I don't. I don't even know. You might have mentioned it, but this game against NC State is in Barclays Arena. 
mm-hmm. uh, as part of one of these little tournaments. So we're going up there to play NC State. And Lester Quinones is from New York. So hate that he's going to miss out on playing in front of some of his friends and family. But hopefully they still come to the game and he gets to see them. Yeah, that, that is a, a bummer for him, for really for everyone, especially because he's been playing so well. He was AAC Freshman of the Week a couple weeks ago. Uh, he was my most impressive player last week, so I'm sure that he's really upset that he won't continue to get awards at, from the barn burner. Man, it's got to be killing him on the inside. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else on Tiger basketball? You, you mentioned we dropped in Kim Palm. Are we like, I think we're 42. They're 43, uh, and then NC State is right there with us. They're like 45, right? Uh, they're 41 right now. So oh, 41. Right now, the 50%, it's, it's a it's a dead on. It's a coin uh, flip. It's a coin flip, yeah. We're so, uh, Kenneth Pomeroy has us losing 81 to 80. So uh, And yesterday right he had us winning 81 to 80. So it sounds like Ken Palm's trying to cover his own ass. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the Wolfpack is not ranked in either the AP or the coaches poll. And they're not even receiving votes, which I found interesting for us to be that close. And they only got what one loss. Have they yeah, lost? They, they lost. So Georgia State, just kidding, Georgia Tech. Uh, they lost in overtime to them to open the season. And the main problem is they haven't beaten anyone yet, or haven't played anyone. Detroit, FIU, St. Francis, New York, Alcorn, and Little Rock. So all those are 150 and below. But after they play us, they play Wisconsin, Wake, UNC Greensboro, and Auburn. Back to back to back to back. Did I get that? Back to back. I sure did. And so those are all top 100 teams so that – and Greensboro us, is, yeah, they're uh, squeaking in in the 99th spot. Oh, well, anyway, we, we don't care about those teams. Uh, and then the Tigers, of course, are ranked number 16 in the AP poll. The coaches poll still hating on them. They, they got us down there at 20. Mm. Uh, so, so it's gonna. I'm interested to see the discrepancy as it in those two polls throughout the year to see if co- coaches really are just hating on Penny. Because last year we never were ranked, so we didn't have that opportunity. Yeah. And, and getting this win for Memphis could end up being if being really good because NC State's got a pretty a pretty good schedule going forward. They got ACC. Well, I mean, so they yeah, got, they're in the ACC. They play everybody. Yeah, they got Virginia once, Louisville, Duke twice, uh, North Carolina once. So if, if they can conceivably win – you know, pick off a few of those games and we beat them, that's going to be – that's going to bode well for us towards uh, tournament time. And they usually do. They're one of those programs that isn't just uh, – you know, they're not like bandy football in the SEC that just gets slapped around. Mm-hmm. They, they they go in there and throw their own punches and stay in the fight. Um, sometimes they make surprise runs. So a good matchup with them. Uh, that's Is that the only game we got this weekend? Uh, Yes. Yeah, I think I think so. Anything else you wanted to hit on in regards to Tigers basketball? No, man. Excited about that game. Hopefully it's a little less stressful than the Ole Miss one. I was on pins and needles the whole time. I'm glad the football game wasn't too tough. Yeah, but, I mean, isn't it great to have that Tiger basketball feeling back? Like, just – That you care? Because like I haven't – mean so much? Yeah, I mean, we, we got back into it last year, obviously, and we had some fun times, but just – 
man, those high stakes games, it's just nothing like them. Uh, but so definitely excited for more of those as the year goes on. Um, then we got Tiger football. They played Saturday, went down to Tampa and beat the hell out of South Florida. Uh, they fell behind 10, 10 to seven early on. Brady White had two interceptions, but Tigers just ended up manhandling them. The Tigers defense uh, only allowed South Florida to pick up five first downs in the entire game. And like three of them were like on the first drive. (laughs) Brady White attempted one pass after halftime. (laughs) Patrick Patrick Taylor had three touchdowns. uh, So good, good to see him back. The last time he scored a touchdown was the season opener against Ole Miss. Kenneth Gainwell did Kenny Gainwell things had over a hundred yards yet again for the seventh time his, uh, which is a freshman record. And every time he goes over a hundred yards, he just breaks his own record. Uh, so is that at Memphis or yeah. At Memphis. Yeah. Um, so with him and Patrick Taylor, like the backfield is so versatile now, um, almost that smash and dash type style, not Lindell white and Chris Johnson on the Titans, of course, but uh, and then we got Antonio Gibson, and now with both of those running backs back, and some of our receivers like Calvin Austin stepping up, Norvell's really getting to use Antonio Gibson in a variety of ways. This week he he was handing the ball to him, and he scored uh, a rushing touchdown, kind of in the similar mold as Tony Pollard and what we expected Gainwell to be coming into this year. Um, Gainwell, of course, got tossed into the workhorse. Uh, duties with the Patrick Taylor injury. Uh, and then Calvin Austin continues to make big catches. Kadarian Jones, a senior wideout, had a nice catch for a long touchdown. Uh, like I said, the Tigers just rolled over South Florida. I don't know what happened to that program because they were pretty good a couple years ago, and they have not been good uh, since they hired Charlie Strong. Um, on the other side of the AAC, Cincinnati held on to beat Temple, who you might recall beat the Tigers when Brady White threw or uh, had couldn't he had fumbleitis? And, that was a uh, tough yeah. And Joey caught the ball. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm trying to forget about that game in general, but uh, yeah. So Cincinnati beat Temple 15 to 13 in just a brutally ugly game. <laughs> if, if you like watching Tiger football as it is now, that game was not for you. <laughs> um, just a defensive slugfest and. That's what you're going to get out of Cincinnati. They're not a high-scoring team, but they do have a good pass defense. Uh, they got like 14 interceptions on the year. They got one guy who has four. So Brady and his receivers are definitely going to have to be uh, on the same page. We can't have too many turnovers. They're not. Uh, their quarterback only averages like 170 yards per game passing, uh, and their running back only averages about 85 yards per game. So we're going to be able to stay in the game as long as we don't turn it over. And even if we do have a couple turnovers and our defense uh, steps up like they have all season, then I'm not worried about Cincinnati really. Like I know it's a big game. We're number 18 in the college football playoff rankings. Cincinnati is number 19. Cincinnati. Another reason I don't, I'm not too worried about it is they're not playing for anything. They're in the AAC title game, no matter what, win or lose. Mm. Um, but the Tigers aren't. Navy, who the Tigers beat uh, last week, played SMU and beat SMU, who the Tigers also beat. So uh, 
if Memphis loses, Navy <clears throat> wins, Navy will go represent the West Division in Cincinnati. Oh. So Memphis has to win. Uh, and I think we're just playing better football than Cincy. Like they they have two losses. They played Ohio State and lost 42 to nothing. That, that's not that bad. Um, but they just don't have a lot of impressive wins, which the Tigers might not either, but we have wins over SMU and Navy. And Cincinnati can't say that. And those are two teams who have been right on the top 25 or fringe top 25 all year long. And like I said, I don't think since he can score enough points to keep up with this Mike Norvell, Brady White led offense, Brady White's numbers are ridiculous. Like he's in the top of the nation in almost every passing category. I think he's seventh in pass passing efficiency. Like number one is Tua, then like, it's a bunch of teams who are fighting for the playoffs <laughs> and then it's like Brady white right there. So that's cool to see. He's right ahead of uh, Trevor Lawrence, the Clemson quarterback who everybody was super high on, um, you know, NFL prospect. Uh, so I don't think I'm not worried about Cincinnati. Give me the Tigers by 14 at least. And then we'll invite Cincinnati back the following week for a rematch in the AAC championship game. We'll kick their ass again. And then we'll go to Dallas and play in the cotton bowl and, uh, See what yeah. we get. See what we can do against one of those. Uh, right now, the projections are like Florida or Notre Dame. Jeez. E- either one of those would be fucking cool. Uh, yeah. And coming back from, uh, my wife and I will be traveling to the South for Christmas, and it's conveniently enough that our layover is always in Dallas. So we're just gonna fly to Dallas and go to the Cotton Bowl uh, if we make it there. I don't want to do any jinxing, but. Uh, yeah, two, a matchup against Cincinnati this week. Black Friday team will be in their traditional Black Friday black uniforms that they've worn the past couple of seasons. Uh, and we, we're going to be in primetime. We've had some huge games on Black Friday, like some of those Houston uh, just like barn burners. <laughs> <laughs> hey, branding. <laughs> but, yeah, man, that, that's my spiel on Tiger football. A good win over USF, a big matchup against Cincy for opportunity to play for the American athletic championship for the third year in a row. Got Sanchez Blake coming back this week. I believe we do got him back. So put that in the secondary. Uh, Like I said, Cincinnati isn't known for their passing, but they're going to have some things up their sleeve Mm -hmm. because they're they're They know that they're going to have to do some like find different ways to score. So having that experience back in the backfield and Sanchez Blake was a terror before his injury. I think he's leading the team in tackles, and he's one of those guys who is just all over the place, man. We got got Austin Hall back last week. Always good to see our senior leader out there. Yeah, it just seems like everything, the team's peaking at the right time. Players are coming back. You know, it's Brady's on, on fire. It's, I don't know. The stars seem to be aligning this year. We've had a couple... You know, a couple good years with uh, high win totals, but this this one seems to be you know one to remember. I mean, if things go as Vegas think thinks that they will go, this will be the best season in Tiger football history, and uh, <laughs> nothing better than that. No, that's awesome. So, uh, Tigers NC State on Thursday, Barclays Center in Brooklyn, Memphis playing host to. Our old rival, Cincinnati. Maybe we can drum up some of that uh, bitterness oh. in these next two weeks and begin to hate the Bearcats again. Uh, get out of here, Nick Van Exel. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but that's it. We out of here. We'll be back 
probably Sunday, maybe before then. It's the holidays. Who knows? Uh, depends on if John Morant and Grizz do anything incredible or if these two tired games are uh, worthy of us talking about. <laughs> but until then, we gone. See you later. Yeah.